0: Silencers, matching your can to your application. This week on Mail Call Mondays. I'm John McQuay with 8541 Tactical and this is Mail Call Mondays, the show that answers your questions about precision rifles, optics, and equipment. Welcome to another Mail Call Mondays and this Monday we are gonna ramble on a little bit about silencers and uh, how to match them to your equipment. Uh, so this kind of came up... Uh, in my mind not too long ago uh, this rifle right here is my old patrol rifle i have since swapped it out i'm no longer using this rifle i now carry a sig mcx uh, vertus as my patrol rifle in the 11 and a half inch version with a suppressor mounted to it uh, but i have been carrying a suppressed patrol rifle for uh, quite a many years and it started with this guy And it started uh, with this can right here, uh, which there's kind of an interesting story behind it. This is a CTS can. It's marked CTS Oakland City, Indiana. Uh, For those of you that are familiar in the industry, CTS uh, was actually the predecessor to Suppressed Armament Systems, uh, which is now uh, out in Nevada. So. Tim started the company as CTS uh, here in Indiana, not too far from where I live. And this is actually uh, one of the first production suppressors that he produced. Uh, Now, this is an early design. Uh, It is uh, full stainless steel. It is relatively heavy. It is a tank of a suppressor. Um, Tim did a great job setting it up to my specific purposes uh, because he uh, made up this little uh, reflex style mount for me. Uh, So when you take the suppressor and you remove the thread protector, the threads are back here on this mount. Uh, When you remove the thread protector and thread the can onto it, uh, then the Muzzle device sits that far up into the can. Now, there are some drawbacks to that kind of design because it does take up internal volume of the can, uh, which makes it a little bit louder overall, but when i talked to him about this can initially i told him my desire was not to be uh, stealthy quiet to where no one heard the gunshot because that's not really going to happen with a supersonic rifle uh, what i wanted is the ability to discharge a weapon inside confines and not blow my eardrums out and cause irreparable hearing damage to them uh, so this can worked well uh, for that application it also allowed me to take it off of this Uh, put it onto a standard muzzle device, which I don't have sitting out here, uh, that did not extend into the can as far. Uh, And it was a four-prong flash hider type design as well. Uh, And that gave me the full volume of the can. And I could put that on a uh, SPR type rifle where I wasn't worried about overall length. Uh, And it gave me a really good, versatile suppressor. It is heavy, so it kind of works a little bit like a barrel tuner in that aspect. It gives extra mass to the end of the barrel, Uh, but it is heavy and heavy on the end of your rifle on long training days where you're doing lots of moving around uh, is not the greatest thing in the world. Uh, The other issue that I ran into is you notice on this rifle we have a fixed front sight base here. Uh, fixed front sight base and a standard bolt carrier group means non-adjustable gas system. Uh, this is a Bushmaster uh, M4 barrel that is in here. Uh, so like most, you know off-the-shelf M4 carbine length barrels, uh, it's a little over gassed. So you take an over system, you add a suppressor to the end of it, it becomes significantly over gassed from there and while you know, one, two, three, four fast shots, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, if you are running an extended drill where you're firing a lot of shots in succession, uh, you get a lot of gas blowback out of the receiver uh, and it goes right into your face. It has a really strong ammonia smell. It causes your eyes to water and your nose to run. And it's really difficult to maintain situational awareness uh, when your eyes are tearing up significantly from the gas coming out of your rifle. So it's not really a good deal. Normally uh, what you want to be able to do is run an adjustable uh, gas system because even with an H3 buffer in here, uh, I still was getting a lot of gas coming out of it. So I tried a couple of different options. I put a adjustable gas tube in here, uh, which was kind of interesting because I had to drill a hole down through the top of my rail system and thankfully uh, where the adjustment on the tube was, lined up perfectly with a space between the rails so I was able to drill a hole uh, in the space between the rail and then when I put the rail covers on it it covered that hole up. So I could get an allen key down and I could adjust it without taking the entire rail system off of the rifle. Uh, the pros of that were I could adjust it and get it dialed in. Uh, the cons were after an extreme firing cycle the adjustment would back out and I would be back to wide open gas again. So. That did not work all that well. Now, the benefit of that tube, and I'm sorry, I don't recall the uh, name of the manufacturer. It's many years ago when I put it in. Um, the benefit of that tube was the adjustment housing was relatively tall, uh, so the screw could only back out so far before it hit the bottom of the handguard and it couldn't back out any farther, so uh, there was no possibility of it backing out completely and rendering my rifle into a single shot. Uh, so. That really wasn't that big of a deal, but I didn't like that setup at all. Uh, ended up switching it out and putting a standard gas tube back in. Uh, that was kind of the final stroke when I decided to uh, swap over to the MCX as soon as piston rifles were authorized on my department. And that was the end of that. Uh, about that time, uh, I purchased a SilencerCo Saker K556. Uh, and that's here and we'll talk about that in just a minute and that went on uh, the 11 and a half inch vertus now i felt kind of bad because i had this sitting around and i wasn't really doing anything with it but i didn't enjoy shooting it with this can on and uh, shooting it with uh, just the muzzle device uh, really didn't give me any additional pleasure either over all the other different rifles that I have the benefit of being able to select. Uh, So I wanted to put this back in a situation where it was usable, where it was similar to what it was originally intended to be, uh, but it was very enjoyable to shoot. So somewhere along the line, I uh, came along OSS suppressors and I started playing with them at... uh, I believe it was the uh, Oregon Sniper Challenge years ago, uh, they were demoing them. Now, back then they were an octagon design, but they still, the idea was very interesting. Instead of standard baffles, like you will see uh, in most suppressors, like I have in the CTS and the Saker here, uh, it uses a spiral veined design, kind of like you would picture inside a jet turbine. Uh, The whole idea is when the gas goes in, uh, it's spun through the body, uh, which causes it to slow and cool, uh, and then it comes out of the end of the end cap, and there are actually ports all around the end cap that twist and vent that forward uh, of the rifle. So uh, when it comes out the end, it's kind of like a linear comp where it's blowing forward, but unlike a linear comp the gases have slowed and cooled inside the can so they're coming out uh, with much less energy than you would on a linear comp Uh, so it was really cool, kind of a neat idea, and then uh, years later I decided to go ahead and pick one up uh, because uh, the whole idea of this suppressor is it's supposed to provide less back pressure into the rifle. A standard baffled suppressor seems to stay pressurized for longer and when that bolt carrier group opens up on a standard DI gun all that gas dumps uh, back into your face. Uh, So with the Helix design, or the OSS Helix design, um, that is not supposed to happen. So that really, really intrigued me. So I went ahead and bought one. Um, of course, it went into jail, and I had to wait about uh, eight, nine-ish months, I think, uh, before I ended up getting it. Uh, picked it up and immediately uh, wanted to go ahead and put it on this. So I had the... uh permanently installed muzzle device uh, removed and the new muzzle device permanently installed since this is a 14 and a half inch barrel. And uh, went ahead and took this guy out and ran it and it was actually fairly amazing. Uh, I can run this gun with a standard bolt carrier group, fixed gas, just like before. And not only am I not getting gas blowback in the face, but the brass that comes out actually still looks like uh, regular brass, not a uh, steel case covered with carbon and junk. Uh, So the the OSS was pretty amazing. Now I've also run it, Uh, on a Geissele Super Duty LE 16-inch carbine uh, that is set up for M855A1. Uh, Again, completely non-adjustable gas system. It's all pinned. It's all set up so that it is as bomb-proof as possible, Uh, and this can ran great on it. Now, of course, the disadvantage is 16-inch barrel and you put a can on the end. You're uh, putting a lot of mass out of the end of the gun and it slows how lively the gun is, how quickly it swings. So uh, that's why I like to suppress shorter guns. It still makes them fast to swing uh, even when you start hanging weight at the front. Now, the uh, OSS is significantly lighter uh, than the old CTS can. And the uh, Helix, uh, this is also their K version. So if you notice side by side with the Saker K, uh, they are both nice and short cans, so when I'm screwing it on uh, to the end of a 14 half inch gun, it uh, still stays uh, relatively compact overall. I mean, it's not the smallest gun out there, uh, but when you take a 14 half inch and you run this can on, it's not much uh, longer overall than a standard 20 inch AR unsuppressed. Uh, And it's still a relatively handy gun if you know how to move these things around uh, inside uh, buildings, structures, etc. Now one thing that is uh, really very interesting about this can uh, is the muzzle device is a standard thread-on taper lock type muzzle device but it is reverse threaded. So uh, when I want to screw it on, it is the same direction that it would normally uh, unscrew when I go to uh, turn it, I guess that would be uh, counterclockwise, Uh, counterclockwise breaks it loose and then it unscrews. Now the advantage of that is if the thing gets carboned up and I have to put a wrench on the flats to break this loose, uh, the direction I am turning it to break the suppressor loose is tightening the muzzle device down so if it's not a permanently attached uh, setup like we have here uh, then you don't run the risk of spinning your muzzle device off because it's carbon locked inside the suppressor Uh, so that generally doesn't happen with this kind of design Uh, I haven't had any issues with it coming loose during firing because it threads on opposite of the way the vanes are on the ends Theoretically, while you're shooting it, it should be trying to tighten itself down. Now I haven't run into any situations where, uh, even though I was shooting um, hundreds of rounds in a session, uh, where it tightened itself down too tight to get back off. uh, Usually I just, uh, if it's still warm, I'll throw a pot holder on it and uh, back it off. I've got a nice silicone uh, pot holder from Walmart uh, that grips them really well and uh, protects your hand to unscrew it. Um, One key thing though with suppressors, uh, do not put a suppressor on and tighten it down while it's hot. Uh, When it cools off, it becomes a very difficult thing to get back off. So if you uh, break it loose while it's hot, let it completely cool down before you put it back on. Uh, That's just a tip Uh, you can run into a whole big problem uh, with some muzzle devices again this one since you have wrench flats on the outside of the can um, then you can put some pretty extreme torque on it to try to break it loose Uh, but better to not have to run into that so with a fixed gas system like this the OSS Helix is a great option I'm really happy I picked this thing up although At the traditional location that you measure uh, decibels at, sound pressure levels, um, and that is forward of the muzzle, um, one meter right and 1.6 high, um, it is slightly louder uh, than some of the competitors, but the claim is that it is quieter at the shooter's ear um, because of less uh, pressure coming back through the weapon system. And honestly, uh, from my standpoint, I'm more worried about my ears uh, than downrange uh, sound pressure levels. Uh, I don't really care about what sound I'm kicking forward of my muzzle. I care about what's next to me. Um, Ideally, in a team environment, you should not be shooting from the back of the bus, so you shouldn't be blowing that sound forward um you're worried about your teammates that are on the line with you um that is uh really where you want to reduce that sound because i tell you what if you've ever been even with a muzzle on a high power rifle when a shot goes off uh, especially if you do not have ear pro on it is not an experience that you care to repeat uh, i have had that happen to me in live situations and um uh, it's really, really not fun, especially if you're shooting a suppressed gun and the guy that lights off something next to you is not shooting a suppressed gun. Uh, not not a fun experience. So I'm a huge believer in uh, suppressors uh, for just about any shooting application. So, the OSS Helix design uh, is a great option to have if you have non-adjustable gas systems uh, on AR-15s. So now let's talk about the guy in the middle, the Silencer Coat Saker K556. Uh, Now this can was my middle purchase uh, between these two. Um, I purchased several other cans uh, forward and back around it, but when we're talking about the 556 cans that I have, uh, this guy was the middle purchase. And I was looking, again, for a very specific application. I wanted a short suppressor. Um, that would be quick attach, uh, which this is, and it would be suited to a AR-15 system uh, with an adjustable gas system or a piston gun. Uh, and I specifically wanted it short because it was going to go on a short barrel rifle and I needed it to be able to fit in a rifle rack in a police car and I needed it to be able to maneuver and get out of the car uh, with as little trouble as possible. So I picked this guy up, I was running it on a standard uh, direct impingement uh, 10.5 inch AR-15 and with a adjustable gas system on it, uh, which in this instance that one happened to be running a SLR Rifleworks adjustable gas block, um, I could tune it down to where uh, it reliably functioned with the suppressor attached uh, unfortunately, would not reliably function without the suppressor attached. Now, uh, to get to reliably function without the suppressor attached, the uh, SLR Rifleworks gas block is click adjustable. So I take the Allen key and I would back the gas adjustment out about 7 clicks. So I get 7 clicks more gas on it. Uh, then it would run reliably as a 10.5 inch gun uh, unsuppressed. Well, the problem comes when you put the suppressor on at that point. Uh, now the gun again is overgassed, and you're getting all that blowback in your face. So you pretty much have to decide: all right, go ahead and set the gas block for suppressed, and it's going to be a dedicated suppressed gun. And that gun pretty much does run always suppressed. Uh, I don't really run it unsuppressed unless I am shooting uh, for instance munitions. Uh, and simunitions don't use the gas system of the rifle. Uh, they're a blowback design. So when you put a sims bolt in and take the suppressor off because you do not want to shoot sim rounds through a suppressor, um, then I don't really have to worry about the gas system. So I mainly run that gun uh, as a nice compact uh, suppressed only uh, rifle. Now that is uh, is great but I really don't dig those limitations. So now we jump forward into the uh, MCX Virtus uh, and the thing that attracted me to that and why this suppressor pretty much lives on the MCX Virtus uh, as my patrol rifle uh, is the Virtus is a piston gun. Uh, so a piston gun vents the gas forward of the receiver. Uh, So in this case, the gas flows back. It pressurizes a chamber above the barrel. It pushes a piston back out of that chamber. That has an op rod attached to it. That op rod runs into the receiver where the gas tube normally would run into the receiver on an AR-15. And that op rod pushes against the bolt carrier group to cause the rifle to function and cycle. Um, The MCX was designed to be a piston gun from the ground up. So you don't run into a lot of the complications compromises that you run into uh, when you convert a direct impingement AR-15 to a piston gun. Uh, so the Vertus for me has been extremely extremely reliable and it comes from the factory with a two position gas block. Uh, So you have a plus and a minus setting on it. I will generally run it on the minus setting with the suppressor uh, because that just steps the gas down a little bit. I'm not just banging the gas system around unnecessarily, but if I remove the suppressor, it still will run reliably with military spec ammunition uh, without the suppressor in place. Military ammunition tends to be higher pressure level. Uh, a lot of the defensive ammunition out there, Hornady tap, etc., cetera, uh, tends to be higher pressure level. So with it set on that minus setting, even on the 11 and inch barrel, I still get enough to cycle the gun reliably. Now, if it gets fouled up, uh, if it's really filthy, um, you know, if I fall into the mud with it, for whatever reason, uh, it's very easy just to reach up, stick my little fingers in and switch that thing over to the plus gas setting. Uh, now I'm running the system uh, in an adverse condition. Uh, it's giving me more gas, just gives me more inertia to run it. And again, I'm still venting the gas forward of the handguard, so I'm not getting more gas in my face. I'm just smashing that bolt carrier group around uh, with a little bit of extra energy. So. For the MCX Virtus, a standard baffled style suppressor works just fine. Now, I could run the Helix on that gun, uh, no problem at all. But at this point, I'm going to keep the Saker on it uh, because I don't really see any reason. I don't get the benefits of the uh, flan- or the uh, vane design of the OSS Helix on the MCX. Uh, so I'd rather run the suppressor... Uh, that the system that I get the benefits with um, and still have a nice compact system. Now, these two are very similar weights. They're similar overall dimensions. Uh, The biggest difference is the uh, Silencer Co runs the ASR mounting system, so it has a lock ring on it. I screw this guy down and then tighten the lock ring and it has little teeth inside that engage a gear that's around the outside of the muzzle device uh, to keep this from vibrating off. Uh, It's standard thread pitch, so it, Uh, standard right-hand threads for both the muzzle device and putting the can on the muzzle device. Uh, The retention is just done by that little lock ring. It can be a little finicky sometimes. Uh, I've got one muzzle device that has some damage uh, to the gear teeth, uh, and sometimes it's difficult to get this to lock on uh, snugly. I have to uh, play with it to make sure it lines up perfectly. Uh, But the ASR mount that is on the uh, MCX patrol rifle, this screws right on, and then the ring uh, snaps down very easily, and I've never had it come loose during firing. So, This is my preference right now for my duty rifle. Uh, If at some point in time I have to go back to a standard direct impingement AR, uh, then hands down uh, the OSS Helix uh, is gonna be my option. As far as uh, this guy right here, um, it really just occupies a place in the safe right now. Uh, There was a deal with Tim back in the day uh, to upgrade this suppressor once he came out with newer designs. And as you can see, uh, Suppressed Armament Systems has uh, quite a few more options now uh, versus this guy back in the day. Uh, But that was one of the benefits when we bought into the initial suppressors, quite a few of us, um, that we would be able to upgrade at a later point. I've tried to uh, fulfill that and it has never really uh, panned out. So, uh, this guy just kind of gets chucked in the back of the safe right now. Uh, I don't know that it serves a great purpose since I have quite a few other suppressors. Um, It probably won't go on another direct impingement AR uh, unless it's something long barrel that has an adjustable gas system that I can really finely dial things in and that I don't care about the mass hanging on the end of the gun. Um, it, uh, could go on a bolt gun because then the, uh, blowback really isn't that big of a deal because the chamber is staying locked until you decide to cycle it and eject the cartridge. Um, however, I, most of my bolt guns, even the 223 ones are threaded, uh, 24. So I can go ahead and just run a, uh, 7.62 can, On those and I've got a couple of 7.62 cans uh, that are higher performance uh, than this so I would rather just run the 7.62 cans on them so this guy is an oldie but goodie I mean it's got some um, sentimental value to it again because it was the first suppressor that I purchased Um, I believe it was even the first suppressor before any of my room fire uh, stuff Uh, but it's uh it's scarred up. The Cerakote has been uh, banged up and nicked up. In fact, most of the Cerakote is worn off of the bezel of the suppressor or the, the muzzle, the end cap here. And uh it still just kind of keeps on going. So it's that uh that old reliable pickup truck that doesn't do anything fancy. Um it's not the most fun thing to drive, but it uh does what you expect out of it. Uh so This will probably just hang out in the safe uh, until at some point I get the idea to do something with it. Uh, That is one of the unfortunate things when you buy into suppressors, unless it's something that has historical value or is highly collectible, um, then buying and selling used suppressors really is not a a huge benefit. Uh, The $200 tax stamp is a substantial, portion of the purchase price of the suppressor and even if you get a spectacular deal on it uh, you still have to pay the $200 tax stamp to transfer the can as a private individual a trust LLC all that stuff uh, so there's no reason for me to get rid of it it will just uh, stay in the collection but uh, these two are my primary uh, this guy I just really have greatly enjoyed using it um, we do have now a sound pressure meter here uh, hopefully a little bit later in the year. The ranges have been clearing out. Uh, once the local range clears out a little bit and we start getting colder temperatures, I'm going to try to get out and we'll do some sound pressure testing on both of these guys and uh, give you a real idea of the performance because really these are these are close enough uh, in size, they're close enough in weight, and they're close enough in price Uh, that I really kind of want to do a side-by-side comparison of them uh, on the sound meters and see um, where they line out. So if that's something you guys want to see, please uh, drop a comment down below. Now this video really didn't have any great point other than to give you guys some contrast between a couple of the different suppressors that are out there and to give you uh, an idea To stop and think, if you're purchasing a suppressor for a specific platform, uh, if you're purchasing for a direct impingement rifle, Um, you are really, really going to need to do something about the gas system on most of them to bring that gas pressure down if you are running a standard or if you're looking at purchasing a standard baffle-style suppressor. Uh, Something like a Surefire Socom, a uh, Silencer Co-Saker, any of the dead air options out there. Uh, So you're going to have to adjust that gas to drop it down a little bit. Uh, If you're running a fixed front sight base or a fixed gas block and a fixed carrier, Then you're going to run into a little bit of issues um, with gas coming back into your face. That's perfectly normal. Um, You'll either have to swap out to an adjustable gas uh, or an adjustable gas block, an adjustable gas carrier, or an adjustable gas key. Uh, Those are the couple of different options there to bring that gas down. Adjustable gas block is my preference uh, because you can dial the gas down at the port. So the excess gas goes out the muzzle instead of venting the excess gas back into the rifle's receiver and then having to do something with it from there. But if you are working with a direct impingement, rifle, uh, then I really suggest taking a look at the OSS Helix suppressors, either the K, the full-size 5.56, or the 7.62. Uh, the 7.62 can run on a 5.56 gun, so if you have a 308, 7.62, 5.56, 223, etc., uh, you probably want to get the 7.62 version so you can swap it around to everything. It'll be a little bit louder, um, but it's nice, especially in the beginning, to have a suppressor that you can swap between a variety of different rifles. So that's going to be it for the video today. If you guys have any questions or comments over anything we've covered, please drop it in the comments section down below or send it to us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the video, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and come check us out over on Patreon if you want to know how to support the videos that you know and love. And until next time, get out and shoot.